I don't know if you caught it there in that reading, but again, we have the word immediately in the Gospel of Mark. And immediately, the Spirit cast or drove Jesus into the wilderness. It's sort of surprising, I think. I mean, we, we Christians, if, if you know the story, um, and, and this is in, I think, three of, the, three of the Gospels where Jesus is driven out into the wilderness, um, we, we sort of get used to this. But just think about it for a moment. Jesus has just publicly come to John who was doing this baptism of repentance at the River Jordan. And in some of the scriptures it says, it says, you know, all of the people, maybe a little overstatement, but all of the people were coming to him at the Jordan to be baptized in this baptism of repentance. So there's all this stuff going on. Jesus comes and he's baptized. And we really believe this is the start of his public ministry. And depending upon which gospel you read, we don't know who heard this voice. We, we know Jesus heard it. But let's just say that if, if this voice did come from heaven and it was sort of that Charlton Heston kind of thing where the sky gets torn open and the dove descends and this voice comes and other people heard it, in some ways it's almost like a mountaintop experience. And we often, I think, are sold a bill of goods on mountaintop experiences. Because we think mountaintop experiences means, okay, now we've had this mountaintop experiences, we just, it's just going to be all up and to the right from here. I've had this experience, I've, had, I've got this clarity, I've got this mission, I've got this purpose, I've fi- I think I've figured it out. And so we should just be able to just go right on. Make our decisions and just keep living in the, in the midst of that, of that experience. And so here's Jesus sort of seems like at, at a real pinnacle of his life and, and the start of his ministry and immediately. The spirit and the Greek word is ekbalo. And the easy way to, to remember what ekbalo means is think of the word ball. What do you do with a ball? You, you throw it. Balo means to throw and so it's, I love this, to read it this way personally, the Holy Spirit threw Jesus into the wilderness. That is a little more force to it, doesn't it? I mean, he drives them, okay. I mean, for most of us who don't understand a cattle drive or something like that, like, what do you mean, Jesus got in the back of the car and the Holy Spirit was the Uber driver? Drove him into the wilderness, dropped him off? No. Threw him into the wilderness. Most of us think of wilderness like the American wilderness. Woods and Rocky Mountains and uncharted territory, that sort of thing. The uncharted territory might be part of the wilderness. But in the Middle East, the wilderness really is more like what we might consider desert almost. It's arid. They're just little little pockets of, of green here and there where there might be a little bit of water. There's lots of, lots of uh, real steep valleys and, and high hills. Not, not really mountains like we would think of mountains, but definitely lots of just rough terrain. It's very uncivilized, unpopulated is the, is the real meaning of that word wilderness. And so there's also a connection, right? If you can hear the Old Testament song being sung here, who went into the wilderness? Moses with who? With the Israelites. 
And they spent how long wandering around in the wilderness? Forty years. Or we know that the, we know the number 40 in the Bible is often just means a very long time. So when they say 40 days, it means a very long time. Forty years, a very long time. So Jesus is thrown into the wilderness and he spends 40 days there. And in the wilderness, there is a stripping down to what is essential. It's in the wilderness, you aren't able to just go to the corner store and get food to eat. In the wilderness, there aren't other people necessarily to, to hang out with and, and talk to and get comforted by. In the wilderness, you, you end up having to face your own darkness. You have to face your own troubles and your complicity in the ways of the world. It's a place that's troubling. Most of us don't willingly choose wilderness experiences, especially ones that go to like the dark night of the soul. We might like the wilderness in terms of going for a hike or, 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 or doing that sort of thing, but we're going to make plans so that we have food and we have drink and we have a tent and we have all those things that we need and comfortable boots and shoes and we're going to break them in. We're going to do all of that. Most of us don't choose to walk into that wilderness experience. And they often come like this seems to immediately we get thrown into the wilderness. Things seem to be going on just fine. Maybe things have been going really, really great. And all of a sudden you find yourself wondering, well, what, what, what's, what's the purpose here? What am I doing? What, what's going on with the world? I know for many of us, maybe over the past number of years, we have wondered if our country is wandering the wilderness. And not just talking about, you know, major political movements and change and, and all of that, which seems to be very much on our mind, but, but the ways in which common, ordinary citizens are taking out their angst, their anger, their frustration, their hurt, their loneliness on other citizens. We have another mass school shooting this week. And I don't know about you, but I haven't gotten completely numb to those yet. I think some people have. It's become something that is staggering in terms of numbers. And so it's things like that that can immediately bring you back into that wilderness, at least in part of your life. Like, what, what, what is the, what's the congruity here? Where, where do we go from here? Where do I go from here? I mean, I know that when, when I face some of those wilderness experiences, what I really want to do is I just want to find a, find a way to build a little four-sided structure and hide away in it. I don't want to face what's out there in the wilderness. Because in the wilderness, 
we're asked to face our own complicity in our lives, in the life of our community, in the life of our country, in the life of our world. And that's not comfortable. There are lots of temptations in the wilderness. One of those, like I just talked about, is to withdraw, to hold back, to, to just make sure that, 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 that me and mine are comfortable and protected and taken care of, to build up a fortress around the people that I like and love and know, and to try to just control everything as much as I can so that I don't get hurt so that I don't feel the pain of having to face what is disjointed and broken in myself and around me. But the wilderness is necessary. In most cultures, I don't know if you know this, and and I didn't really, this didn't really uh, hit me really hard until, until I heard someone talking about this very, very deeply. In most cultures, the new year starts after the harvest is over. After you've been on the pinnacle of, of reaping everything that you've sown, you, you then celebrate a new year, and what do you go right into? You go into barren fields. If we were to start our new year after the harvest, we would go right into winter, which is sort of desolate in most places in the country. Yeah, I was looking out my window this morning, and I mean, you know, there's, the leaves are off the trees, and, and you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't look very pretty. <laughs> there's not much going on, or at least it doesn't look like there's much going on out there. There's just sort of, it's just sort of stark. But that's where the new rhythm starts, is as we face the starkness of our lives, the, the barrenness of the fields, as we, as we look inside of ourselves and go, what is it that is absolutely essential? What are the temptations that I am facing here and now in my life that will lead me away from what is really true and good and right? And you know, for all of us, especially in America, we have, we have so many resources. We're able, to, we're able to insulate ourselves from the wilderness very easily. For most of us, we have some place to live. For most of us, we have food in the fridge. For most of us, we have warmth. For, one th- for most of us, when it's, when it's hot outside, we have cool we get to insulate ourselves from the wilderness, from, from what, what is it? How are the ways in which we are not connecting with our, and, he, and helping to have our brokenness healed? How are we shielding ourselves from facing the starkness that is also around us? Because there are people around us who are living in the wilderness every day. They feel unloved and unlovable. They feel hopeless. They feel left behind. They feel angry. They're facing the wilderness and it feels like they are very much alone. 
like Jesus was? Or was he? Part of what we read here is Jesus was, to quote a title of a book, where the wild things are. The wild beasts were with him. And I don't know if that's meant to scare us or if that's meant to give comfort. And then it says, and the angels, in the, in the text, I think it helped him, ministered to him. The word in Greek there is diakasune, which is served him, table servant, a deacon. That's where we get that word. The angels were deacons to him. It's really fascinating. Mark is, of course, very sparse. In the other Gospels, you'll read, you know, all of what may have taken place while he was in the wilderness. He was with the wild animals. But the wilderness is also the place where, where things can become clear because in the wilderness you, you don't have all that insulation around you. You don't, you don't, you don't have all of that that then separates you from God, from your troubles, from all of that. All of that gets stripped away. It's like the barren field. It all gets, it's all been harvested. It's all been taken away. Now you're just looking at the bare ground and you go, what might be possible here if I look at what it is that is truly right and truly good and what is truly good news? Brene Brown said, when we run from struggle, we are never free. And I don't know about you, but that's my tendency. When things get difficult, I'd rather just run and hide. I'd rather just go um, pop on some Netflix and just let it roll. You know, watch a, watch a good show. Just let four or five or ten episodes go by and just sort of, you know, sink into my little, my little insulated bubble and, and, you know, hide away from things. But I love that line. When we run from struggle, we are never free. And the struggle is in the wilderness. Because the biggest struggle that we have, I think, is with ourselves. We have to face ourselves, our brokenness, first. Because when we face our own brokenness, when we, be, when we begin to enter into that struggle, then it is then that we can sit with somebody else who is going through their own wilderness experience. We can't walk it for them, but we can walk it with them. And we, as believers, one of the things that we can always hold in our mind is that Jesus went before us in the wilderness. We do not worship a God who is un, um, unfamiliar with our wilderness experiences. We do not worship a God who is out there, up there somewhere, just going, okay, well, I love you, but figure it out. We worship a God whose son walked in our steps before us, in the struggle, in the wilderness, in the temptation. And what happened? After that wilderness experience, after that wilderness experience, he doesn't hide anymore. He comes out of the wilderness and you're going to hear it proclaiming a message of good news. He comes out of that time of having to face himself, of facing temptation, 
he comes out with a message of good news. The kingdom has come near. It is all around you. Believe in that good news. And so we come out of the wilderness ready to walk beside those who are struggling, to bring that good news with our very bodies, because that's what Jesus did. Jesus was not just some spirit floating around. He embodied and incarnated that very message, a message of the offer of a new life, of knowing that no matter what wilderness we are walking in, The Holy Spirit may have led us there, but the Holy Spirit is with us there in the midst of that. And Jesus went ahead of us in that experience. And so today I just want you to consider where is it that you are in the wilderness? Where is it that you are being tempted Where is it that there is healing and good news? And where is it that you need to strip things down in your life to the essentials so that you might walk with those who are in their own wilderness? Those are my questions. Amen.